0: Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock.
1: Coming up on Taking Stock, we'll take stock of luxury. It's all brought to you by your Tri-State BMW centers. Visit them online at tristatebmw.com. At BMW, they only make $1. Thing, the ultimate driving machine. Now let's go to Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom for
0: Bloomberg Business Flash. And I thank you, Pim Fox. We have got 29 minutes to go ahead of the close final trading day for the month of July. S&P 500 index heading for a fifth monthly gain. This update is brought to you by National Realty, providers of 100% satisfaction guaranteed New York City realty investments. See them at nria.net. Data this morning showed the U.S. economy grew slower than forecast last quarter, giving the Federal Reserve no reason to accelerate its timetable for higher interest rates. Earnings from Alphabet boosted technology shares. Alphabet, of course, the parent of Google. It shares up now by 3.1 percent. We also heard from United Parcel Service today, UPS down seven, tenths of one percent. It says potential risks from a weak global economy are presenting, quote, headwinds as the carrier enters the second half. Richard Barrett is UPS is CFO. He was on Bloomberg Television this morning talking about the company's European and U.K. business post that Brexit vote.
1: In fact, we have committed about $5 billion in Europe and the U.K. in investments over the next five years. And we're going to continue those. And we've actually announced the largest investment in the U.K., in our history, and we're still building that, and we need that for our network, and it will continue to grow. So we feel real good about the UK, and we'll make the adjustments that we need to.
0: And as we talk about earnings, ExxonMobil and Chevron missed profit and production estimates as wildfires, write downs and weak refining margins, battered oil explorers already reeling under a glut driven price collapse. Crude oil West Texas intermediate up today by seven tenths of one percent, up 30 cents, 41.45 right now on WTI gold up 1.3 percent, 13.49 the ounce, and the S&P 500 index advancing two points up 0.1 percent, the Dow down down 29 points, a drop there of 0.2%. 332 on Wall Street. Now, let's take a look at some of the other stories making news.
2: Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Jill Schneider. This news update is brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today. Michigan officials have announced charges against six state employees in the ongoing investigation into the Flint water crisis. Bill Schuette is the Michigan Attorney General.
3: Each of these individuals attempted to bury or cover up to downplay or to hide information that contradicted their own narrative, their story.
2: Each is charged with felony misconduct and willful neglect of duty. Nearly 60% of U.S. hospitals lose access to their electronic health record systems at least once a year. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has more from the Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. The latest figures from the Department of Health and Human Services Inspector General find the majority of hospitals participating in the Meaningful Use Incentive Program had unplanned disruptions in their record systems. Bloomberg BNA reporter Alex Rue, office as part of the problem, a hospital's priority is health care, not IT.
1: Traditionally, health care hasn't had to think about these issues. Banking, you know, jumped on this a long time ago. and thinking about this kind of spending, but we're in the 21st century. Everything has an IT component to
2: it. Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio, Washington. Human bones have been discovered in a long-forgotten cemetery where President William McKinley's assassin was likely buried in New York. The citizen of Auburn reports that old newspaper accounts say Leon Chalgosh was to be buried in the Auburn State Prison in Graveyard. McKinley was killed in 1901. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Jill Schneider. This is Bloomberg. Charlie.
0: And we thank you. And again, recapping, we've got the S&P 500 index higher by three points to 2173, a gain of one-tenth of one percent. I'm Charlie Pallett, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. (laughs) Bloomberg taking stock. The Lux Life. Stocks, bonds, objects of
1: art, real estate. I've got houses in LA, Paris, and Bell. It's good to be king. You'd be living in a lap of luxury. They got the finest chefs around waiting for you to place your order. You must be rich. Oh, honey, he's teasing you. Nobody has two television sets.
0: Bloomberg taking stock. The Lux Life. On Bloomberg Radio. He was born
1: in December 1880 in Mapleton, Iowa. Garfield Wood, better known as Gar Wood, he was an American inventor, entrepreneur, and motorboat builder. He was also the first man to travel over 100 miles per hour on water. Here to tell us more about Garwood Custom Boats is Joe Turcott. He is the manager of Garwood Custom Boats, based in Brant Lake, New York. Joe, thanks very much for being with us. Tell people who maybe are not familiar with the world of Garwood boats as well as Chris Craft. Tell us about what these boats mean to the history of the United States.
3: Well, they were really the uh, Garwood and Chris Craft were really the first uh, pleasure boats uh, that came about um, in the 1920s, right on up through uh, the 40s and 50s. Uh, You know, they were all mahogany. And uh, uh, for the first time after the internal combustion engine um, uh, in the auto industry, uh, they started putting them in boats and, and people started uh, power boating.
4: Not just the auto industry, right? Uh, I have a sound clip of the Liberty V12, a 27 liter V12 World War I airplane engine, and that's used in these boats. Let's listen to that. Now this is that boat uh, running full blast, right? Um, you can't, you just can't tell how loud it is. What's it like to drive around with a 27-liter V12 powering your uh, mahogany boat?
3: Oh, it's a sound you'll never forget. Uh, it's truly amazing. Um, Garwood was one of the first uh, guys to uh, uh, take aircraft engines and uh, put them in in wooden boats, and uh, this was a big part of his uh, racing success in the early 1920s and into the 1930s. But he also put them in uh, in pleasure boats, and uh, his line of baby gars was, was uh, one of the first uh, pleasure boats with an aircraft engine in, and it was uh, the fastest uh, pleasure boat you could buy.
1: You've got a 1926 33-foot Garwood baby gar. Who owned it, and tell us about this boat.
3: Uh yeah, it was originally built for uh Edward John Noble, who was the president of uh Lifesaver Candy Company. Uh he used the boat uh on the Saint Lawrence River in uh in the nineteen twenties and thirties and that was powered by a uh Liberty V twelve. And uh uh we restored that boat here in nineteen eighty five and it's now in the antique boat museum in Clayton, New York.
1: How much would a boat like that command in price?
3: Uh, there's only about eight or ten left, and uh, recently one sold for a million dollars.
1: A million dollars. Well, I know Matt is also interested in another boat. This is a 1930 60-foot consolidated motor yacht. The pub? You, well, you the like, floating it? pub? I was going to say, you like it because it's got twin John Deere diesel engines. Tell us about this particular craft.
3: Uh yeah, this was a, a popular design in the late 20s and early 30s uh called the commuter um that uh, guys out on uh, Long Island would would take down to Manhattan uh you know as a commute daily commuter. Um, and this particular boat is 1930 and uh it it was uh, originally built for for a gentleman in Connecticut. Uh it stayed for a while in uh, New Jersey. And then over the past three years we've restored it to its uh original specs, uh, other than the John Deere's, which are a, a power improvement. And uh the family that owns it now uses it uh in Long Island Sound. Uh its home port is Greenwich, Connecticut.
4: But they're not commuting. I was just gonna I was just gonna ask uh if anybody still commutes on boats of this class. I mean, do people still use these as daily drivers?
3: Uh, more as a, maybe a, a one day a week for fun, but, you know, not, uh, not every day, not as the the primary use of the boat. But.
4: So, so what do you think a, a boat like this would go for? Lulu Bell. How, how much, uh, how much would that one command?
3: I'd say with the work they've done to it, uh, about two million dollars, uh, maybe more.
1: You got anything for less? I mean, anything? I noticed that you've got like a 1993 triple cockpit 28 foot Garwood runabout. That'll set you back a mere what, yes. uh, that one hundred uh, and twenty-five thousand?
3: Yes, that one—that one actually just sold yesterday. <laughs> but uh...
1: see, Matt, we're too late. I'm <laughs> always too late. Story of my life.
3: What's our, your... our, our, sorry, go ahead. I
1: was going to say, what? Do you have a favorite boat?
3: Um, I'm partial to the to the baby guards, but uh, the the model we're most excited about right now as a company is is the twenty-eight foot rear engine streamliner. Uh, it puts the engine all the way to the stern, and it allows for uh, complete movement around the cockpits. Um, Garwood pioneered this in 1938 as a 22-footer.
1: And the price tag, just quickly, Joe?
3: Uh, about 300000 for that.
1: Joe Turcutt, manager of Garwood Custom Boats, based in Brant Lake, New York. This is Bloomberg.
4: All right, we're just about 20 minutes until the closing bell of the New York Stock Exchange to end this week with the S&P 500 getting close to an
1: all-time high. This is Bloomberg.